This is Mark Stein. After three years in COVID, Stan, it's time to get out of town. So join me on the 2023 Mark Stein Cruise, sailing from Italy to Croatia, Montenegro, Greece, for a full week of sun, sea, and civilizational collapse. I'll have special guests from around the world, from America, Canada, Australia, Britain, Europe, and we'll do all the things you like about the Mark Stein Show and Stein Online, but close up and on water. More details at steinonline.com or marksteincruise.com. The Stein Online Clubland Q&A begins right now. Welcome along. It is January the 13th, 2023. That's uh, what, that's Friday the 13th. Unlucky for some, but I fancy my chances. It is 3 p.m. North American Eastern Time. That's 4 p.m. in the Canadian Maritimes, half past four in Newfoundland and beyond the Americas, 8 p.m. in London, 9 p.m. in Paris, 10 p.m. in Key. I can't do it anymore. Can't we got to revert? to the non-approved pronunciation, because I can do that. 10 p.m. in Kiev, the 11th hour in Moscow, the 11th hour and a half in Tehran. For all you Newfoundlanders who moved to Iran for the half-hour time zone, 1.45 a.m. in Kathmandu. For all you Iranians who moved to Nepal to check out the quarter-hour time zone, 4 a.m. in Singapore and Honkers, 7 a.m. in Sydney and Melbourne, 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning in Auckland, and lunchtime beyond in His Majesty's dominions across the Pacific. And uh, this is uh, Mark Stein, guest hosting for our pre-scheduled guest host. I'm in for Laura Rosen-Cohen, who was supposed to be in for Andrew Lawton. Uh, but uh, she's not here, he's not here. So uh, if you still remember me... Uh, I'm the guest host for the guest host's guest host. Uh, 50 years ago tomorrow, Elvis Presley's celebrated concert, Aloha from Hawaii, was broadcast live via satellite. And after half a century, it remains the most watched broadcast by an individual entertainer in the history of television. Elvis's daughter did not live to observe that anniversary. Lisa Marie Presley died last night at the age of 54 from a heart attack. Uh, speaking of heart attacks, I'm just about still here. I could handle the two heart attacks, but various behind-the-scenes machinations have overburdened me. Uh, as you know, I'm uh, still in France and haven't been cleared to fly long haul back to North America. Uh, but uh, Michael Mann, <laughs> and uh, this is one of the behind-the-scenes machinations, there were others, uh, Michael Mann, uh, scented blood. He's like a shark in that respect. 
and uh, so the minute he heard about my two heart attacks he was uh, he was circling me um, and he and his uh, lawyer John Williams have <laughs> uh, 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 I was supposed to be at some hearing in Washington, D.C., I think on, what is it today, Friday? Yeah, Wednesday I was supposed to be there. And obviously I'm not allowed to leave La République Française, so Mann and his lawyer filed this thing. John Williams, actually. Uh, John Williams should should be, he's not, he should, uh, he should be better known for pulling stunts like this. Uh, saying that two piffling heart attacks were no reason for me uh, to postpone the disposition of the case. And the fourth trial judge, which is a phrase that doesn't exist in real justice systems, the fourth trial judge, the fourth trial judge, I can't remember his name, it doesn't really matter because he'll be retiring soon, we'll be on to the fifth trial judge, but the fourth trial judge decided to agree with uh, man and demand my presence in Washington. <laughs> Um, uh, I mean, man, man has form in this respect because, as you know, he he basically drove poor Tim Ball to penury and to death. So he has a pretty good track record when it comes to killing Canadians, and he thought he could make it a twofer. Uh, you know, assuming for the purposes of argument that I'm guilty. Uh, defamation of Michael Mann may be a crime, but it's not yet a capital offence, even in Washington, D.C., but Mann scented opportunity and was keen to make it one. And uh, quite astonishingly, uh, the fourth trial judge seemed minded to go along with it. I showed his order uh, to one of my doctors who said this is harassment, uh, and she's quite right. I showed it to another doctor who looked at me and said, oh, well, if it helps, I'm happy to submit a doctor's note clearing Mark Stein for travel to every country on the planet except the United States. They're crazy there. Uh, so <laughs> that's how that's how that stands. I'm not going to die for Michael Mann. I'm sorry. I, I draw the line at, at certain things. Um, I've some... Uh, I've got some tough decisions to make as I've said before but we're, we're not going to dwell on all that kind of stuff uh, because we have questions to get to I haven't really been following events in the news because I'm trying to steer clear of all this rubbish but I'll, I'll try and give you uh, the perspective of someone who's not really following any of it uh, dear Mark while Andrew and Laura did yeoman and yeoman's work in your absence it's good to have you back have you had an opportunity to look under your hospital bed see if there are any classified documents as they keep turning up in unusual places I thought I'd ask yeah, a lot of this is the overclassification of everything in America. America generally draws the net too wide. I've talked about this before with regard to the uh, population that has security clearances, which is up around 5 million now. Uh, that's the population of New Zealand, all, all with super secret security clearances. As I always say, there's a reason why James Bond is 007, because there's not meant to be many top secret guys. Once you have 005 million and seven, it's just a racket like everything else is. Don't you find these days? 
Everything is a racket. Anyway, uh, Scott Scherzer uh, of Miami Beach asks a question that everybody's asking. Do you think this is an attempt by the deep state and the Democrats, but I repeat myself, to rid themselves of Joe Biden prior to the 2024 election? What passes as a conspiracy theory today will be the truth tomorrow. Take good care of yourself, and I look forward to seeing a tanned and rested Mark Stein on the cruise, which which is coming up in July. If you haven't booked uh, your luxury stateroom or your berth in steerage, whatever you fancy, because uh, you 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 um, it could you could work out well for you being down in steerage, like it did for Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, it didn't work out so well for him, but it worked out well for the chicky. Um, what was I talking about now? The Titanic. Yeah, um, that's the boat. Built in Belfast, 1912. Yeah, I'm wrong Titanic. I'm talking about uh, the United States of America, a much bigger Titanic. Um, do you think this is an attempt by the deep state and the Democrats, but I repeat myself, to rid themselves of Joe Biden prior to the 2024 election? Uh, Scott, a lot of people have asked this today. Don't get too excited. The special counsel, they, they, this for non-Americans, uh, some classified documents have been found in a couple of locations uh, pertaining to Joe Biden, including most recently in his garage or garage, as they say in the United Kingdom, his garage or garage where he keeps his Corvette. I think if you keep a Corvette in there, it's probably a garage, not a garage. Uh, But next to the Corvette are all these classified documents uh, that he took from the White House. (laughs) And he shouldn't be storing them there. Uh, Look, you know, we're supposed to get all excited about this. I think it was just revealed, whatever it was, 20 minutes ago, that the special prosecutor who's been uh, appointed to look into this is formerly Christopher... This is, the you know, the special counsel, independent counsel. Um, Well, this guy was formerly Christopher Ray's assistant... Uh, Christopher Ray is the uh, head, he's major league deep state. He's the uh, head honcho at, what, what is it? Is it the, uh, uh, God, I'm, I'm so over-medicated. Uh, is, it, uh, is he the head honcho at uh, the FBI? That's, that's right. I couldn't remember whether it was that or the CIA, but I think it's the FBI. Uh, so he was formerly an assistant to Christopher Ray. So he doesn't sound that special, does he, really? He doesn't sound that independent. If you'd really wanted somebody independent, uh, you might have picked someone who wasn't like inside the beltway and all kissy-kissy-palsy-walsy with Christopher Ray, would you? And I understand that there's so little good news for Republicans... That there's, there's a, it, we talked about, did we talk about this last week in reference to the Kanye West thing? You, you're so, you're the wallflower at the prom and you're, you're grateful if anything, uh, you know, you're grateful if Kanye West looks at you because you're the wallflower at the prom. That's one thing. But to be excited about the appointment of an independent council. Look, this is, if you take this crap seriously, it's a crime. It's a crime 
Uh, and, and it's a crime that ought to be, you know, in a civilised society, it's a crime that would be more serious the higher up the chain you are. In other words, if you're uh, a girl in the typing pool or you're a motorcycle carrier and you accidentally, you know, uh, misplace one of these documents or you take it home with you or whatever, that's one thing. But when you're high, 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 high up the chain, like the president and the vice president, you're told again and again and again, because you're generating all these classified documents. So you're, it's laid on the line all the time that you're not meant to do this. You know, but because it's the dirty, stinking, rotten, corrupt Department of Justice, only nobodies go to jail over this. Only nobodies. Hillary Clinton. We, we know how this goes for big-time Democrats uh, because James Comey came and did it live on television. He said, oh, yes, Hillary Clinton had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of classified documents uh, in her, on her private uh, uh, server. That's a crime. Uh, let me know when Hillary's up for parole, will you? And now the same stupid people who sat and watched that. Oh, this is very serious for Biden. Oh, yes. Let me know. Let me know. Just before you ask the question, uh, let me know when the last time a big shot Democrat uh, in one of these endless investigations was ever treated like some lowly guy in the typing pool. Uh, it's a, it's, it's the dirty sinking, rotten, corrupt, and and again, uh, this this is this over Machiavellian analysis. Ha <laughs> ha! See, this is the Democrats are getting ready to throw Joe Biden under the bus. Wait a minute! This guy has just had you know one of the most successful midterm elections in history. In the history of, of the United States, uh, it was all supposed to be this incoming red wave. Uh, and uh, uh, what happened instead was the Republican catheter leaked a barely discernible droplet on the Democrats' shoes. And that was it, the red wave. So they're not really interested in punishing him, as I said last time. He could actually die uh, the day before the Iowa caucus, and the Democrats would still determine to drag him across the finish line in November just to prove the point, like they did with uh, the guy from Young Frankenstein in Pennsylvania, the putting on the Ritz guy in Pennsylvania, you know. And by the way, he's going to be the candidate if uh, if Joe Biden is uh, dies to uh, dies too soon. You know, this is all the, the horse race crap. I just can't. It's just so silly. Americans, more than anyone, have lost their country. The other Anglosphere. Uh, which is basically uh, His Majesty's dominions, uh, Canada, uh, Britain, Australia, New Zealand, etc., etc. They're in big trouble too, but they're in big trouble because they've imported American bollocks from American universities, right? 
you're losing your country and the way to get your country and then because of the language thing as i've said before the the west gets more western the further east you go so when you're in western europe france thinks uh wokeism is all rubbish and all the rest of it when you get uh, into central and eastern europe to places like hungary they also think wokeism is rubbish and they're prepared to do something about it so this is an american problem and the idea that it's going to be solved thinking oh, oh this is the democrats are going to move uh, against joe biden it's not it's got way beyond that way beyond that now and you know, I understand the horse race. The horse race stuff isn't really fun. Nor when you stretch it out over two years. We don't know what's going to be happening in two years. But the fact is, Joe Biden was dead in the midterms. He was dead for the 2020 campaign. It doesn't make any difference. He's a huge hit. Uh, and again, there's this head fake element, you know. Uh, this is a, this is now, now we've got a special prosecutor. We, who was Christopher Ray's assistant. You know, how many times do you have to go through it? I watched the Rubrite, and we even produced special jingles and effects for the... I can't do the Durham Report because uh, I'm, uh, I've had two heart attacks. I can't do the Durham Report. I can't do it. But you've been through all this before. You've been through... How many... How old are you? How old... How old do you have to be to recognize, you know, the, uh, what is it? Who's always setting up all these uh, church committees? That's uh, as in Frank Church. Uh, you know, oh, we're really going to get, let me know, let me know when uh, anyone you've heard of on the Democrat side uh, goes to jail. Joe Biden is, uh, uh, Joe, Joe Biden hasn't been, any good he hasn't made any sense he's not only weakened america's position in the world but he's weakened your position at home and what did the americans voter do with that uh just a couple of months ago they rewarded him for it uh so this uh all this idea that oh this is uh this means that he's uh, done for. They're turning against him and all the rest of it. Democrats don't. Uh, Democrats generally don't do that uh, to their own. Uh, let's see what else uh, we got here. Mich Michelle says, "Hi, Mark. What do you make of the shutting up of MP Andrew Bridgen? This is the uh, Westminster MP. He's a Tory." Well, or he was a Tory. He's been kicked out of the Tory party caucus now for raising a flap uh, about um, uh, the uh, those injured and killed by vaccines, which, as you know, has been a big subject that I've been covering all year uh, with with uh, people who've become very uh, dear friends to me because they've lost their loved ones or they've had their life ruined. I just heard from Claire Hibbs, who's been on our show, I think getting up to close to half a dozen times now. And she's, I love Claire. She's great fun. Uh, she's always good spirited, but she's pretty much down in the dumps now. She can't work she can't walk unaided because she took a vaccine that was not prescribed for her 
in the normal way. This wasn't something where you went to see your doctor, you had a big conversation. The doc, To be able to give informed consent to something, the person you're talking to has to be informed enough uh, to give you the information to for you to be sufficiently informed to give informed consent. And most of these doctors knew nothing about the, what they were forcing on their patients. And uh, as a result, I just heard from Claire, you know, whatever it was, 20 minutes uh, before we came on air here. And uh, she's in a very bad, she's in a very bad way, can't work, uh, can't work, can't walk unaided. And the government is stonewalling. Now, Andrew Bridgen raised this in the House of Commons and God bless him. And he then quoted an Israeli doctor on the subject. Um, quoted him accurately, uh, as far as we know. And he got kicked out of the caucus because the quote he was quoting said it was like the Holocaust. Now, I don't do Holocaust comparisons myself because I don't, don't generally feel it's helpful. And I would have advised him not to do that. It ought to be enough that it's the biggest public health scandal in our lifetimes. But because he compared it to the Horace, uh, the Holocaust, we've now got idiots like Nadim Zahawi, the boo-boos, the Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster or whatever he is, uh, so oh, there's no place for this in our political discourse. You're allowed to... So I'm sensitive to this because I accurately quoted a Norwegian imam and then got ensnared for two years in Canadian Human Rights Commission hell uh, because the position of the complaining uh, members of the Canadian Islamic Congress was that even if what the big shot Norwegian imam said was quite accurate and accurately quoted, it's a hate crime for me to accurately quote the hateful statements of imams. So I'm, I don't like a world in which you can quote somebody and then you lose. basically he got kicked out of the Tory party because he quoted some guy. Uh, the fact is they're anxious to shut this down. They're, they're anxious to shut this down. And the fact that because somewhere this gets worse and worse, the more you tug at this thread. Uh, we're asking the entire governing class of the Western world, except Sweden, for the last three years to admit that they did something very wrong and that most of these nations are continuing to do something wrong, including, as in America, jabbing six-month-olds. This stuff, just for, I'll just give you for instance, because I'm seeing a lot of heart doctors at the moment, and the heart doctor I was talking to the other day uh, said that uh, a lot of the things he's seeing, uh, the effect of the... Um, the COVID vaccines, when it comes to uh, heart disease, heart damage, heart attacks, is to accelerate the process. So you might not have got the heart attack until you were 87, uh, but because you had two jabs and a couple of boosters, uh, the heart attack you were supposed to go get at 87 shows up a couple of decades earlier. We need not... Uh, to shut up fellows like Andrew Bridget. We need 
uh, people to recognize that it's a part that there are now sufficient numbers of dead and injured for respectable persons such as backbench Tory MPs to be able to talk about it without losing the party whip. We have another Michelle. It's not only Friday the 13th, it's, uh, which I thought is, is supposed to be bad luck, but how much bad luck can it be when you've got a two Michelle show? So we had a Michelle with one L, and now we have a Michelle with two Ls. I'm not going to say which I prefer. <laughs> I like them both. I love Michelles. If there's any Michelles out there with a third L, uh, far off a question, we will bring you straight to the top of the line. Michelle Dulac writes, Hi, Mark. Assuming it is you this week, I trust your recovery is going swimmingly. What are your thoughts on the Biden classified doc scandal? People have been leaping on this somewhat desperately. I tend to think that both this and the Trump scandal in the same area have been massively overblown. Still, this came out to the relevant people anyway before the 2022 election. Why do we learn it now? Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Well, you, you're right that it's massively overblown. Here's the thing, if you're at that level of government, if you're president, vice president, uh, secretary of state, national security advisor, defense secretary, whatever, because of the overclassification of things in the United States, what it means, it's like it's the principle applies more broadly in that there are now so many laws against so many things that whatever that figure was, the average person breaks 300 laws in the course of a day. What it means, it's, it's like the tax code. You know, the tax code is so huge and so bloated that what... Uh, the prudent taxpayer does is try to put himself place himself in the zone in 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 the zone of uh where uh you're not going to attract anybody's attention but if you do attract somebody's attention they'll find something because the tax code is so bloody complicated that if they want to find you broken the tax code uh, the tax laws, they will be able to find something. And that's the way it is with these classified documents. If you say were defense secretary uh, between uh, 1957 and 1959, and they knock on your door and they go through your big pile of moldering personal papers, uh, they will find something. They will find something. Uh, that's just how it that's just how it is the question though here's the thing if you want to be Machiavellian they're saying oh well wait a minute they they've been making a big deal about these uh, classified documents at Mar-a-Lago uh, not in the garage uh, with the Corvette and the open door but uh, in uh, Mar-a-Lago uh, the Trump uh, classified documents and people say, oh, you see what they're going to do is they're going to say, uh, find him guilty of taking the classified documents and he won't be able to run in 2024. But if you want to be really Machiavellian, think of it this way. They've now found Biden uh, uh, up to his neck in the same crime as Trump. Is that in order uh, to get Biden out of the race? Or to say, ah, what the hell, it's a wash, so it keeps Trump in the race because we think Trump is the only guy Biden can beat. Uh, 
I don't know whether they're right about that, but there's a Democrats, a lot of Democrats who will tell you that. Frank Daniel says, Mark, how is your recovery going? Are you successful at disconnecting from the news cycle or sneaking peeks at the computer? Please take care. I don't, I haven't really been following the news cycle. I remember, um, I think it was my last uh, night in hospital and I was just like, uh, no, last day actually, because I think it was on some morning show or whatever. But I, I just uh, pressed the button and had watched the television in my room and they had a show uh, with Mireille Mathieu, one of my favourite singers, looking back on her splendid career, uh, lots of special guests, lots of clips. And I, I was just like lying back there, enjoying it, relaxed, feeling no need uh, to uh, check in with uh, Anderson Cooper or Don Lemon or any of these fellows. I, I don't think they have them in France. And uh, so I was completely relaxed and enjoying it immensely. And uh, that's more or less the way I, you know, I watched a bit of that uh, with my daughter over Christmas. We, we watched a couple of movies, uh, but I haven't been, uh, I've been disconnected from the news cycle because I don't like the cycling. After a while, you've, you've cycled and recycled and re-recycled through it a zillion times. And the names change. Uh, but the problem is that the problem is the biggest stuff that's going on, which is basically all the institutions of the Western world have been hollowed out and are now and and their purpose has been completely perverted. And of course, conservatives, particularly the Rube right, have all just said, "Oh, I'm not really. This is ridiculous. I don't want to hear about transgender things. It's just ridiculous." Well, no, it isn't. It may you may strike you as ridiculous, but nobody who matters thinks, including established churches, governments, doctors, lawyers all working together to dismantle human biology, to eliminate men and women. That's a big thing. It's bigger than uh, whether uh, Lamar Alexander is two points up in New Hampshire. That's rubbish and will make no difference to your life whatsoever. The problem, the problem here is that by abandoning all the other indicators of life, uh, conservatives have, have lost uh, the entire Western world. doesn't matter which institutions you're talking about because you're competing on the wrong turf. It should be obvious now. I get all these questions, you know. I think we've got a couple... Uh, let me see. Yeah, we got. A, I think we got a couple coming up about who's operating Joe Biden. But you could ask the same question: Who's really operating Jacinda Ardern? Who's really operating Justin Trudeau? Who's really operating? You know, the fact of the matter is uh, that if you're willing to ask that question about the opposition, the same question obviously applies to Kevin McCarthy or Mitch McConnell, or whatever. Now, whether there actually is someone just operate, got his, uh, got his uh, hand up the sock puppet of Kevin McCarthy, or whether the fact is that once you lose control of the broader landscape, the kind of people who become politicians will be people who just go along to get along, 
with all of this stuff. It's very bad at the moment. I said a couple of weeks ago or whenever I was last here, the good guys turn out to be the bad guys on almost every front. I keep going back to this business of the Nord Stream pipeline where we were told it was the Russians who'd blown up their own pipeline because they were so determined that Europeans were going to freeze in the dark. Now it turns out, you know, and then there was a big story on the Washington Post just there one day, then it goes away, saying, oh, no, no, all everybody's looked into it, all the intelligence agencies, and they all agreed there's no Russian fingerprints on this thing at all, wasn't anything to do with the Russians. In other words, so it was one of our guys, however you want to define that, whether it's uh, the Yanks, whether it's uh, the Europeans, uh, whether it's uh, Zelensky himself in Ukraine, flush with all the dosh that has been lavished on him uh, by Western nations, far more than he needs, really, to fight this war. Um, then, uh, you know, the, bad guy, the good guys turn out to be the bad guys. That's the salient. We, someone on our side, so we, us, that's where I'm going to put it, we blew up that pipeline. But nobody's interested. Nobody's interested. The bad guys are, we are the bad guys. Whatever that scene is, uh, that German thing or whatever it is, uh, you know, we are the baddies. And that turns, we are the bad. Here's the thing, we've got enemies. You know, we've got, we're up against Islam, we're up against China. But the real bad guys, the people who are destroying us, are within our borders. They're the medical establishment that goes along with the child mutilation. They're the churches that just surrender uh, to the weediest kind of moral equivalence. They're the schools that are actually a form of institutionalized child abuse. And uh, as I said, Lamar Alexander being two points up in Iowa isn't really going to do uh, a lot about uh, a, a lot for that. So you, we have to fight on the real battlegrounds. Okay, I'm getting a bit heated now. Uh, my doctors don't like that. So uh, let's have a little music break. When I um, when I started doing obituaries, the subjects, the deceased, uh, were born in the 1880s. Uh, now they're my contemporaries, Terry Hall died a couple of weeks ago. I hadn't seen him in many years, but he was the lead singer of two British pop groups of 40 years ago, The Specials, who were a two-tone ska revival or some such. And then uh, after that, The Fun Boy 3, who were more uh, new wave. I think that's what they called it. I don't really know. Anyway, one time he asked me if I knew this song. And I said, oh, yeah, of course I do. It's by Cy Oliver and Trummy Young. Um, I hope some of you at least will know Trummy Young. He's a great, uh, he was a great jazz trombonist. He's name-checked by Bing Crosby in the film uh, High Society. And uh, Cy Oliver was a fantastic arranger. You've heard me sing his praises here before for Tommy Dorsey, Sinatra, on and on. So I said, oh, sure, that song's by Cy Oliver and Trummy Young. And Terry Hall said, uh, that's bleeping weird. Who the bleep knows that? But he decided to make a record of this song with the Fun Boy 3, and then he asked Banana Rama to come and sing on it. And as Karen, Sarah, and Siobhan told me many years ago, it wasn't because he liked their singing. <laughs> 
Uh, only because he liked their look. It ain't what you sing, it's the look when you sing it. That's what gets results. And it did. Terry Hall with the Fun Boy 3 and my old chums from Bananarama. Hey, what you do, it's the way Hatch you do it. And if you do it like that, you can have a big hit with a 40-year-old song. Not, uh, not for my tastes as hot as the Jimmy Lunsford band in 1939, but it was a top five smash in the UK and all over Europe in the 1980s. Rest in peace, Terry Hall. I associate that record for uh, personal reasons with very happy times. Spare a thought, too, uh, for our dear friends Randy Backman and Tal Backman. Tal will be here at Stein Online over the weekend. His uncle, Robbie Backman, who was Randy's baby brother and the great driving drummer of Backman Turner Overdrive, uh, died yesterday. Uh, like Terry Hall in his 60s, which is no age to take your leave. Mark Stein, live around the planet on uh, Clubland Q&A, and it's uh, whatever it is, 20 to 4 Eastern time, which I think makes it uh, 20 to 9 uh, Greenwich Mean time. 
Uh, and uh, we're taking your questions as they come in. Ian says, hi, Mark. I read today that China is due to soon publish its birth statistics for 2022. And the expectation is that the overall population will be down for the first time since 1961, the final year of the Great Famine. What does this mean for the Chinese Communist Party in the years to come? Should Beijing Biden cash in his check sooner rather than later? Hope you're feeling better, says Ian. Well, I said what I had to say about this in 2006. I said that China will get old before it's got rich, uh, which was such a good line. Uh, Henry Kissinger borrowed it and started using it because uh, the one-child policy is such a disaster. Uh, what it meant is that uh, China, like the West, was going to have an aging population, but without having put in place uh, an advanced, wealthy society capable of uh, taking care of it, and that has come. That has come to pass. It's got a very age distorted uh, cohort. Uh, being a dictatorship, however, it means they are capable of taking very extreme measures. And indeed, given the measures that are being taken in Western nations, such as the industrial scale slaughter going on in uh, under these Canadian euthanasia programs. Uh, they're going to be doing all that and then some in other in in order to get uh, the number of burdensome old people down. But the fact of the the fact of the matter is that it's not a, a good sign. It doesn't say anything good about a society if its uh, if its population is shrinking because that generally means. Uh, a lack of youth. And in, in normal societies, youth is where the energy is. You know, um, I've just played some uh, some pop record from the 80s. The people who make pop records, as ghastly as they may be, are young people. The people who design new fashions are young people. The people who, now you can have exceptions to that. Rogers and Hammerstein had a fabulous middle age. A uh, lot of novelists go on well into old age. But generally speaking, well, there's there's two things. There's not just the creative energy, but there's the, the practical energy. There's the guys who make you, the guys who dig your roads are young. The guys generally who are your policemen are young. The guys who are your soldiers are young. And so the timing at which you become a sort of great retirement home like uh, Japan is well into is is very difficult to get just to the right state. One of the problems with this Ukraine-Russia war is that both nations fighting it are in a demographic death spiral. Uh, Ukraine ha has Russia and Ukraine have two of the worst uh, fertility rates on the planet. So the whole thing of when we think of the Red Army, for example, in the Second World War, just being able to throw millions and millions and millions of men into the fight. Uh, Putin hasn't got that. He hasn't got all those millions and millions of young men, and nor has Zelensky. 
it's it's a very strange uh it, it's quite unprecedented in that way a uh, a european war between adjoining european nations but with uh, very few european soldiers um Hart Leonard says, Mark, the gall of you and your lengthy recuperative luxury in France. I do pray for its benefits for you. On the topic of France, while it is the right, nay, duty of every red-blooded English speaker to make sport of and denigrate the French whenever possible, I've always admired their strident defence of their culture and language. But in your time there... Have you noticed any of our perverse Anglo-wokeness creeping into French society? Are the young people there proving susceptible to the insane political correctness of the English-speaking world? I understand that tattoos have become popular among the youth. A bad omen. Uh, Yeah, there are a lot of tattoos. Uh, A few months back, uh, before my heart attacks, I... uh, I was driving up uh, from Nice and uh, feeling a little peckish. And there's a very good restaurant on the road as you're heading up into the mountains. And I was looking forward to a fabulous meal. And I got there, and (laughs) as is often the way in France, the Le Patron and uh, his missus had decided to decamp for a week so there was a closed sign on the door i was like i'd been the 40 miles beforehand i'd just been like winding up the mountain road thinking "Mm, mm, mm, i'm so looking forward to this and so i drove on from there and you eventually come to a lake which is not it's it's got it's a nice setting the lake it's sort of fills up this valley but it'd be a great place to put a fabulous restaurant but instead all it had is snack du lac which snack of the lake but it rhymes in french snack du lac Uh, so i uh, decided to go into snack du lac and uh, they had young pretty waitresses but who were all (laughs) the three of them i think they were sisters or cousins or whatever were all cut they were rather underdressed particularly uh, for an autumn day, but they had all their uh, they had all their uh, tattoos out on display, uh, and if it had been just the human flesh, I would have enjoyed myself immensely because there were arms, there were legs, there were cleavage, uh, uh, but it was all just uh, there was so much writing on it and pictures on it, and uh, uh, I would say certainly uh, tattoo. I don't know whether they're as ubiquitous uh, as they are in the Anglo world, but certainly they've took, taken hold in uh, in France in a way that they hadn't used to. Uh, nevertheless, I don't think that the, the things that are... Uh, the real hardcore wokeness hasn't caught on. And one sign of that is there isn't even a proper word for it. They haven't even bothered coming up with a French word for it. It's just le wokeisme. Wokeism, le wokeisme. In other words, it's just some Anglo thing. Um, And it is interesting that, for example, you can find big shots in the teachers' union, big shots in the Ministry of Education, who will be willing to speak up against it, which you certainly can't do in most uh, Anglo countries, which I think 
is a, a good sign. Simon Earl says, hi, Mark. Welcome back. What music and books have you been reading and listening to while <laughs> recovering? Well, I've been listening to a lot of Serenade uh, radio uh, because my doctors, uh, my doctors had a look at everything I do. And the only thing they really thought was safe for me to do was my show on Serenade Radio. So I've been listening to Serenade Radio and uh, and a couple of the French stations. We'll come back uh, to that in a, in a minute. Um, as to reading, I read this. I can't even remember the name of the fellow who wrote it, but he's a big best-selling uh, British author. And he wrote this contemporary thriller. And I thought, oh, I can handle, I can just handle a thriller. The thriller is about a guy who finds himself in terrible predicaments where he has to act in order to save his son, in order to save his daughter, in order to save his wife, in order to save his dog. And he can never bring himself to act. He's got these big interior monologues analysing about the way the guy's holding a knife to his wife's throat and he's thinking, yes, I ought to do something, but I'm not really, I don't know quite what to do. I don't really know anything. And eventually what happens is his little girl does something, his dog does something. <laughs> they all do uh, they all, they're the ones who act and help uh, the entire family from being slaughtered. So it's weird because the effect is a bit like watching uh, Tom Cruise in uh, Mission Impossible or Bruce Willis in Die Hard, uh, where Bruce and Tom do bugger all and all the action is performed by uh, Kira Knightley, Shirley Temple and uh, Lassie. And I, it's meant to be a contemporary thriller, you know, in the sense that uh, most people aren't action heroes and they don't rise to the occasion. We all, we all know that. You sit there paralysed with fear for just a second, too longer, too long, and the opportunity passes, so you get stabbed and you die. Uh, but that doesn't really make for, that doesn't really satisfy the needs of the genre. So I've read this book, which bored the hell out of me. I started just reading it uh, at night if my medication was keeping me awake because this thing would put me straight to sleep. But it occurred to me that in some desperately depressing way, it was a very, now he thinks, now clearly the publisher the woke publishers like, oh, this is great. Uh, it's a thriller with a useless bloke. Uh, but it isn't satisfying that. And it actually reminded me that so much of our storytelling, what was in, what's, um, the point I often make is for the first time ever, really, we live in an age of corporate storytelling because the decisions that are made with regard uh, to uh, the Marvel Comics guys or the Star Wars are not made by one presiding uh, creative intellect but they're basically made by studio vice presidents and things so we have corporate storytelling which is bad enough then when you read a novel and the novelist has subscribed to all the stupid delusions of the corporate storytellers things uh, are really in a bad way speaking of books eric dale says so i guess uh, prince harry's book came out and the world is united in asking the following question, is Harry actually retarded? We all know he's an idiot in that he constantly makes bad decisions 
and doesn't think things through, nor show an inclination to do so. But while we've been laughing at him, has he actually legitimately been mentally disabled this whole time? An idiot can always improve if he just puts in the effort. So making fun of him is both a duty as well as fun, but uh, going after a person with a real disability is just cruel. Is Harry riding the short bus? Is he licking the glass? Did Meghan marry a less endearing Forrest Gump? Um, I, you know, I, to, to be... To be honest, the story, once you get the gist of what kind of book it is, it is, um, you know, I, I've seen the headlines, whatever it was. Uh, he, he was coming home from killing, taking out single-handed two uh, villages in Helmand province in Afghanistan. So he's feeling pretty butch. And then he gets home and whoever, well, who was it? Lady Susan Hussey? Uh, octogenarian lady-in-waiting beat the crap out of him when he gets back he took him into the uh, butler's pantry at Balmoral and uh, beat beat the crap out of the guy and uh, that you know uh, and then uh, performed uh, the circumcision on him and uh, William just uh, there on the floor of the butler's pantry is that it I I've got the gist the elements of it um, but the whole thing is so weird as I said, I I met uh, actually may it's pretty not all of the royal family, but like ninety percent of them over the years. And the whole point about them is they don't do this confessional thing that they uh, the Duke Duke of Edinburgh, who you know certainly had uh, uh, more than enough that had gone south in his life, in particularly in his formative years that he could have done that, but he would be the last person in the world you could imagine doing that. So th this whole sort of Californian, solipsistic, navel-gazing, uh, shallow self-examination, not real self-examination, but as well as the sort of offensives against manners. I mean, if he wants to talk about his own penis, I think he has uh, the right to do that. But... Um, I, I I don't think a, a chap has the right to talk about another fellow's penis in the way he does about his brother. By the way, this business of whether or not the royal family uh, are uh, circumcised uh, has been. He said, "Oh, it's been my my penis became a a matter of public interest." He's the guy who's. Uh, at war with the tabloids because they decide everything is a matter of public interest. You don't reward them for that. His whole position when he sues is that these things are private. Now he says, oh, yes, well, they keep talking about my penis. Uh, so uh, here it is. Uh, the, 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 one of the great few remaining mysteries on earth was the talk about whether or not the royal family were circumcised. Uh, and Badgett, Walter Badgett, the great English constitutionalist, his whole thing about monarchy was that you don't let daylight in on the mystery. And you couldn't ask for 
a more basic example of that than letting daylight in on the mystery of their penises. Anybody who's... The penises are fascinating at a, uh, at a certain age. You know, if you've been to a boys' school and so you've been in group showers and everybody knows about uh, cavaliers and roundheads, uh, English Civil War, um, but the... <laughs> But the idea that you then go and talk about it and you talk about this is this is the antithesis of you can't be a, a, a I mentioned um, where did I mention this? I think it, I think it was during the Platinum Jubilee. The Queen was a great George Formby. Uh, and my I'm leaning on the lamppost at the corner of the street in case a certain little lady comes by. Um, playing his ukulele and the Queen loved uh, and there were slightly naughty songs too George Formby sang with my little stick of Blackpool rock uh, <laughs> but the Queen as Princess Elizabeth knew all the lyrics and a few years ago she was asked to become president of the George Formby Appreciation Society and Her Majesty was reported to be absolutely thrilled by this and was minded to take it up. And at that point, one of her courtiers, the uh, private secretary or the assistant private secretary, whoever it was, uh, said, with respect, ma'am, uh, you can be head of the Commonwealth or president of the George Formby Appreciation Society, but not both. And the Queen accepted that. And likewise, you can be... Uh, a guy who talks about his penis, <laughs> who lets daylight in on the mystery of his penis, who talks about his little stick of the Blackpool Rock, uh, or you can be a member of the royal family, but you can't be both. So if you're a member of the royal family, you don't talk about your little stick of Blackpool uh, Rock. Uh, this, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm not. You know, I just think this is, I just think this is a, a uh, I think he is damaged. But the, the point is, again, you know, if you're in the royal family, if you're in the royal family, uh, you know, he, he lost his mother at an early age. And people say, oh, well, you must remember he, here's the thing. He, his wife, the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan, is in her 40s. He is pushing 40. He's 39 this year. He's not a young, damaged child. He's a middle-aged man, right? His mother was dead by the time that he's the age he is now. His mother was already dead. You know, you can't be... This idea that we... He, he has become the embodiment. This middle-aged man, this middle-aged man has become the, uh, the embodiment of the eternal adolescence that is of the Western world, which again isn't a political thing. You can talk about it and it doesn't do anything to put you two points up uh, over Lamar Alexander in the Iowa caucus. Won't do anything for that, but it's actually more important than most of the other crap. We have an infantile world. And this man, this middle-aged man, who is now older than his mother was at the time she died, is the embodiment of that narcissistic permanent adolescence. Makes me want to vomit.
Um, uh, Edgar says, Mark, have you been keeping up with your reading while convalescing? Have you read Prince Harry's Spare or listened to the audiobook? Would you like a summary? It's fiction, hardly a memoir, and utter rubbish. Do you think that the Sussexes will be invited to King Charles's coronation? How would it be possible to have them there without wrecking the whole event? I have this feeling that Harry may meet a very sad end. What say you? There's no question of them being at the coronation, because if they are... You know, there's there's enough rubbish going on already. Uh, in the you know the the king has said he wants a sort of downscale size contemporary. His Christmas speech, the king's Christmas speech, the queen, right? You know, the the last couple, she was obviously diminished by being confined, but two going back two, three, four years, she was her Christmas messages were great. The king's first one was a stinker and the fact that he the the fact that on the birth uh the day of uh what is for christians the day of our savior's birth and so for him to go into this tedious multi-culty box checking pathetic this is what is so this is why i can't get into this argument because the king meets Prince Harry, 80% of the way on most things. The only thing is, is he doesn't want to go on Oprah all the time and yak about it. He just wants to get on with it. But they're in agreement about so much. It's it's truly pathetic. Uh, truly pathetic. Uh, Gregory Lawton, this isn't really a question, <laughs> but Gregory, Gregory Lawton says, yeah, you're back. I was worried, Mark. Not as worried as I was. The notorious Mr. J says to Tobacco Go, this is a general sort of question. Are all the news items we emote over trivial with us missing the big picture? I recently viewed a YouTube video in which the author made the strong case that overpopulation, resource depletion, and environmental degradation are more vital concerns than celebrity or political scandals. Is modern culture one vast hedonistic bubble? Sorry, not trying to sound like a raving greenie, but it's worth considering. No, the the thing for the... Overpopulation is only of interest if you take the planet. Most of us don't live in a planet. We live in a town, in a county, uh, maybe in a province or a state that is in a nation. And so, and and so, the fact of the matter is uh, that it's the underpopulation. The fact that we've given up on the future in most of the Western world, whereas the the bit I quoted from Cardinal Pell, George Pell, who died a couple of days ago, and I quoted the thing he did on that radio show. He and I and Michael Duffy were on on the ABC where he uh, made the comparison with Russia and Yemen and on the present population, tiny little Rush Yemen that I think had 4 million people back when uh, in the 50s when Russia had 105 million people and by mid-century Russia will be back to 105 million people and Yemen, tiny little Yemen with its 4 million will have caught up with 105 million. So it matters that this whole Oh, the earth has so many people. That's not what's important. It's, it's, it's these. 
It's uh, it's that we us Western civil that's the big story and that's why I can't get I keep I thought the test I apply is will this be important in will Joe Biden's Corvette be important in six weeks time. Uh, the big story is that Western civilization is going over the cliff. It's not going to be around much longer. Uh, the fact that it's happening on America's watch ought to be a source of great shame to Americans, which is why you should stop waving the Constitution and actually think about this, why it's happening, why it's happening. Uh, but that's the big question. That's the big question. The test I was by... Uh, oh, look, this is everywhere now. Is, is, uh, is uh, Prince Harry's circumcised penis going to seem important in six weeks, never mind six months or six years? Because uh, I'm, I'm in the big picture, and in the big picture, Prince Harry's penis is just a bit part. Uh, so that's how I think of it. I'm uh, sorry I'm losing my voice a bit here, uh, but I do want to say, I, before we check out today i do want to say thank you so much for all your good wishes over this last difficult month it's been uh, so kind of you and i am very uh, touched and here's a song that says if you'll forgive me getting a little sentimental maybe even a, a little maudlin uh, but here's a song that says how i feel about you and all your kind words for which i'm so grateful as I said, I'm in France and stuck here a while yet. I'm trying to stay calm by uh, listening to the classical station uh, mostly, but every so often it plays an English language standard as sung by a Frenchie. And most of these were driving my beloved daughter nuts when she was here over Christmas. And eventually she said to me, don't you sing in French, Dad? And uh, yeah, I used to quite a lot. There was a period when I used to get asked on French music shows, not because my French convo was that great, but because I remembered all kinds of French lyrics that most actual Frenchmen had apparently uh, forgotten. You will know this tune very well, uh, but the words are by Henri Conté, an amiable fellow who also wrote Les Paroles Françaises for uh, Many a Tear Has to Fall, but it's all in the game, and Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My Darling. Uh, in the case of this song, I prefer his French lyric to the English lyric, so that's the version I like to sing. J'ai ton sourire dans mon cœur. I have your smile in my heart. I have a ton of things in my heart right now, uh, but as crowded as it is, I hope there's uh, still room for your smile in there. Claire McInerney and Nick Moss have clarinets in hand and will play us in.
nom d'une rose fleurie C'est qu'en passant tu souris Ma fleur d'amour Ma cocarde un beau jour Tu souris et la vie te répond Tu sais papy en chanson Ma route bleue sous les ciels song from Me To You, music by Sir Charles Chaplin, Parole Française, par Monsieur Henri Conte, uh, played by Charlie Brown on violin, Hugh Davis on guitar, Don Richardson on bass, and uh, as I said uh, earlier, Claire McInerney and Nick Moss as our wind section, all arranged by uh, Kevin Amos. I'm Clearing out the trunk here because given my breathing difficulties right now, that Mark Stein is probably gone forever. Nevertheless, j'ai ton sourire dans mon cœur. I have your smile in my heart and I thank you for that and I will hold it there forever. Rick McGuinness's Saturday movie date, Tal Backman on Sunday, all coming up at Stein Online. Stay safe, stay free, stay well.
Mark Stein's Clubland Q&A is a production of Mark Stein Enterprises and Oak Hill Media. Rights Reserved.